0: Welcome to crab takes in football this is what the baltimore sports report does and your baltimore ravens are the 2018 afc north division champions i'm tk joined by andrew holly holly let's go
1: man let's go ravens i mean what what a game oh my god i mean you settle in there's already the the nerves because of how last season ended, so you're thinking, okay, we got to make sure we lost to the Browns already. You know, then we're, we're getting up. Looks like we're about to be up, what, 27 to 7, whatever it is. And then, oh, my God, did the nerves settle in. But let's face it, in the end, the Ravens pulled it off. They were able to to win it out. And we're going to the playoffs, baby. Let's go. Let's we're in you the gotta big
0: dance. It. We are ready to go. The Ravens win 26-24 in an absolute thriller. At the end of the game, I was on the edge of my seat, pretty much just standing up for the entire fourth quarter. There, what what a game! You know, the Browns really played their butts off. The Ravens just uh, edged them out. You know, made a few more plays. And uh we're heading to the playoffs. So we will talk about our offense defense special teams, hand out a game ball, do our pop of the week, and look forward to the wild card round as a familiar foe, the Los Angeles Chargers come to town next Sunday. So, look, there's really only one thing to talk about on this offense, and it is 296 yards on the ground. What a performance by the running game.
1: Seriously, just unbelievable. I mean, you think about the fact that, you know, Kenneth Dixon had 117 yards. Lamar Jackson had 90. He could have well have been over 100 yards and four touchdowns had things worked out correctly as the, you know, or I don't know about correctly, but... If uh, they had fallen in a certain way, I guess that's a better way of saying it. And then Gus Edwards with 12 carries for 76 yards, just pure domination running the ball. And to be honest with you, in, in a lot of sense, the Browns, you know, bottled the Ravens up in the middle of the field better than any of the other opponents we seemingly than we have played. So it's pretty impressive that they were still able to dominate. As much as they were, would you agree,
0: yeah, absolutely, I mean I mean, whether it was running the ball inside or bumping it outside, you know Kenneth Dixon just had an extra burst yesterday that the browns couldn 't handle Lamar Jackson was just faster around the edge, you know Gus Edwards, you know, because of those outside runs that those inside lanes started opening up, I think a lot of the designs of the plays and Tony Romo and the commentary referred to it a lot was the man in motion and that would kind of confuse the the Browns defense a little bit when the Ravens shifted a tight end and that would really open things up and I think they did a great job of of uh taking advantage of of those mistakes by the Browns defense but my goodness I mean the blocking was outstanding the the running backs and and Lamar were running so hard and this was the performance they needed obviously because of how tight the game was but yeah I mean look 296 yards on the ground it's hard to say that the browns defense played well but they did make several plays to make this really hard on the ravens so you know look we said it all season long we mentioned it last week too this browns team is for real i mean in 2019 they were a real force to watch out for in in a division where kind of the traditional powers might be in, in flux you know the the steelers you know had a tough end to this season um and, and now the Browns might be coming up to usurp their spot at the top of the division with the Ravens.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, we were talking about it before the show. I mean, this is a team on the come-up. Baker Mayfield is the real deal, and that is half the battle for the Browns. They now have a quarterback. You know, barring injury, which, even though I hate the Browns, I certainly would not, dece- would not want to see a guy like Baker Mayfield get injured. We now have... A Brett Favre-like guy in the division to go along with, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, which sucks, you know, because we've got we've got a guy that let's face it, look at his numbers yesterday: three seventy-six, three touchdowns. Sure, sure, he had three picks, but watch out—they're real. I mean, they're make somehow making brashad perryman into a decent <laughs> receiver which sucked so oh. bad yeah. in so many ways and you'll still never tell me that that was actually a catch but whatever <laughs> um you know i i just I, the browns are a team we're gonna have to circle on the calendar moving forward they're a team we got to watch out for them they don't need much they've got a pretty good young defense a team that's maturing Give them one more draft and some free agency, which we all know they've got cap room. It's it's Ravens, Steelers, Browns in this division, and maybe Ravens, Browns, and if and if we're lucky, it's it's Ravens, Browns, and not just Browns in the division Cause mm-hmm. they're going to start looking pretty good in the next few years.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, so so I mean if we can talk about the guy that was picked thirty-one picks after. Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, in, in that throwing game, you know he he had 179 yards. You know, not you know his biggest day in the passing game, but again, it just seems like he makes the throws that he needs to make. You know, Mark hitting Mark Andrews for a first down, Willie Snead for a first down in the run after the catch, Hayden Hurst with a big run out after the catch in the second half. There, I mean, look, he, he completed 14 to 24. Look, I mean, he is developing it for sure. I think that him versus baker mayfield going forward is going to be some really really exciting football
1: it really will be because you've got that razzle dazzle from both sides you know you've got and it's different kinds of razzle dazzle you know give lamar some time he may be able to carve up defenses just like baker mayfield is starting to do or has done all season as a rookie, you know, I mean, Lamar has it in him. We saw it in college. He still may need to adjust somewhat as a thrower in the NFL, but he has not been poor. This has not been Kyle Bowler throwing a football in the NFL. And there, there, there are passes that were missed or passes that were dropped, you know, that very well could have been a lot more yardage for, for Lamar Jackson. You know, I mean, you think about it, he should have had – over 130 yards potentially on the ground with four touchdowns. You know mm-hmm. that's crazy as a quarterback. That's that's crazy. Along with almost 200 yards. That's that's you know this is the Ravens are now running the wildcat, except Ronnie Brown is Lamar Jackson and he's actually a quarterback. You know is that is that that's basically what is happening right now with all the formations and everything that we we want to do nobody knows what's going on and it's working
0: yeah i mean it like like you said i mean he's he's dangerous enough as a passer at this point i know he's gonna get better but he's dangerous enough right now in which you know he can throw the ball over the top of these linebackers over the middle that that still helps open up a lot of the run game so it kind of plays off of each other and and um, a lot of credit has to go to Marty Morningweg and, and Greg Roman for, for designing this offense. Yes. You know, I mean, they have done a fantastic job using all of the assets at their fingertips. You know, Kenneth Dixon coming back for this team after his injury has been a jolt. I mean, he averaged almost 10 yards a carry last last night, and you know, he's just another guy that you can just hand the ball off to. He's got enough speed to get outside. He's got enough power to go through people. And and you know, we'll talk about that a little bit later in our Pop of the Week. But, I mean, he's been a revelation. Gus. He had the same number of carries as Gus Edwards yesterday. And Gus Edwards has been the bell cow for the, for the past several weeks. So, now all of a sudden, we have two guys that can hurt you either inside or outside, plus Lamar, who can keep the ball. So, I I, give a ton of credit to Morningweg and Greg Roman. They have done an absolutely fantastic job getting this this offense ready uh, to head into the playoffs.
1: They really have. And and you said it perfectly. I mean, talk about the revelation that Kenneth Dixon has been. I mean, every week he's done something to make you go, damn. Mm -hmm. And this week especially, 12 carries for 117. I mean... You know, didn't we didn't really see the fumbling issues aside from the over the top at the goal line. That was, you know, we didn't see the the exchange issues as much it seemed as as other games. So I don't know if that's totally being cleaned up, but at least at least that part of the running game appeared to be a little bit better. But uh, but yeah, I, you know, Kenneth Dixon has been amazing. Gus Edwards has been amazing, and it's really. What's going to be intriguing to me, you know, all during the broadcast yesterday, you're hearing Tony Romo and Jim Nance almost talking about how the Ravens are almost creating this new system, you know, this new way of doing offense. Or not, not a new way, but, you know, doing it so much different than everyone else in the NFL. It's going to be interesting, interesting to me to see how does that change our draft philosophy, or does it? You know, And not in the sense that are we taking best player available. I, I'm sure that, that will always be the philosophy. But what are we looking for? Are we going to start looking for more guys like a Kyle Juszczyk who can be that hybrid fullback slash tight end? I mean, how great would he be in this offense right now? Mm-hmm. You know, thinking about somebody like a Juszczyk. So, you know, playing that, that, that Max Williams role. You know, probably a little bit better than Max Williams can. You know, getting someone, even though I like Patrick Ricard, and having that other fullback who's a little bit more talented. You know, getting, adding a couple other running backs, even though we've got, you know, Kenneth Dixon and Gus Edwards. You know, getting, changing some of the wide receivers around. You know, you know we're we're almost relying on Hurst and and the Mandrews as as our Go to guys, quote unquote. Those are the crab trees of the offense. You know, do we go with, you know, or and and Willie Sneed in that same mold? You know, is is sort of that middle of the field. If we keep Sneed. you know, where do we go on the wide receiver position? You know, how do we build this team around Lamar Jackson? And do we keep this style of offense as we move forward? Or are they going to try to go back to the pocket you know passer which not saying that Lamar I think he he does look to throw before he runs so there is some some plan behind a lot of what they're doing but you know this offense could change I mean they've got the offensive line hopefully they can continue to build that some but you know with, with what kind of offensive weapons that the, the front office will be looking toward at this draft it'll be interesting to see where the Ravens go you know what I mean
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I know exactly what you mean there, but speaking about those weapons in particular, the three leading receivers for the Ravens yesterday, Mark Andrews, Hayden Hurst, Willie Sneed, all guys that kind of run those over-the-middle types of routes and not as much to the outside. So, I mean, look, a lot of people are going to be clamoring for a young wide receiver in that first round, and, and I get it, but that's not... What this team does right now and and maybe some of that evolution will occur as as Lamar enters his second off season, but maybe that's not the biggest need you know so we'll we'll see i mean it'll be really interesting to see um one thing I did want to mention and, and you know we've referred to it a few times on the show already uh is Lamar's ability to bounce back and and this week it, it wasn't necessarily when he made mistakes but I kind of noticed it in a different way. Aside from the final drive by the Ravens, we were able to score immediately after every single Brown score. So the Browns scored a touchdown in the first quarter. The Ravens come back and score a touchdown of their own. You know, and then they score two more times. But then, you know, every touchdown or field goal that the Browns kicked... Lamar was able to lead that offense down and get some points of their own, so he's able to kind of bounce back in that way and and give the defense a little bit of a break. In which you know we don't need a stop every time, you know we don't need a three and out every time. You know Lamar can go down and score for us, so I thought that was a really Agreed. big part of the game too.
1: Yeah, that is a, that is a big part of the of the game. I mean, you think about you think about how when. You know, there was that Max Williams hold. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had just scored and, you know, Lamar had kind of danced around in the end zone. It was get ready to party. And, and it didn't happen. And then the Ravens were still able to get a field goal out of that drive. You know, that that was huge. And that's the difference of the game. I mean, they, going back from not even not even just the – Okay, the Browns just scored. We've got to do something here. But the disappointment of having one of your teammates screw up, then he comes back. We're still able to get the team in position for Tucker to kick a field goal. So I think, you know, I'm right there with you. I mean, you know, there were times yesterday, I think in some respects, the Browns did some of the best of the teams we have faced with Lamar, of containing him somewhat. I mean, it seems crazy because he still had good numbers. But there were moments where he was harassed, I think, a little bit more, where they 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 had game planned fairly well against this offense. So to still see the Ravens perform the way they did and to still see Lamar be able to make plays the way he did is good to see because I think I think it was a very good test for the Ravens.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think this was kind of a good momentum game to go into the to the wild card round. I mean, good quarterback play, several weapons that you have to kind of defend against. I think maybe let's flip it over the defense then and talk about, you know, how we were able to force Baker Mayfield into some mistakes. I mean, look, we referred to it before Mayfield is a tremendous player. He's going to be a good quarterback for for quite a while for the Browns. You know, 376 yards and three touchdowns, but he did have those three interceptions for the, for the second straight week. The Ravens were able to get off the field on the first defensive drive with an interception. Um, Jimmy Smith was so clutch yesterday. He had a huge, huge game in that secondary.
1: He did. It was great to see him step up. It was great to see C.J. Mosley step up. I mean there were some big defensive performances but let's not forget there were also some defensive lapses. Oh, you know, yeah. you think about the the coverage on uh on Landry. Mm-hmm. It was horrendous. He should have had well over 100 yards and two touchdowns if the ball hadn't have bounced off his face. You know, you think I mean there there should be another touchdown on the board for the Browns. We should have lost 31 to 6. I mean I think that that has to be said the call on the fumble on the goal line was horrendous to call the whistle when they did. I mean, certainly, look, it's great it benefited the Ravens, but I scream about that all the time because how many times is that, does that happen to the Ravens mm-hmm. where they potentially have a scoop and score for big yardage, but for whatever reason, a, a ref is blowing a whistle. You know, so it, it, it we have to realize that – the Ravens are lucky to get away from this game with a win. And as much as there were some defensive standouts yesterday, the Browns should have 31 points on the board. You know, they they put up some yards. This, this defense got pushed around a bit yesterday. And it, it's a nice little smack in the face before they're playing the Chargers saying, don't get too cocky. You may be the number one defense in the league, but – Any team can come into your house at any time and score some points.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. I mean, look, it looked like the the Browns were having a lot of success on the ground early on, especially. But then they finished with only 50 yards rushing the story of the day was Baker Mayfield making plays inside and outside of the pocket. You know, he extended a few plays and look, like you said, there were several lapses. I mean, there were a couple uh, that, that went for big plays uh, between uh, Tavon Young and Tony Jefferson that were fairly, I mean, fairly inexcusable. I mean, the the first one of Brashad Perriman, who knows what happened. And honestly, look, I I just want to say this really quick. I'm, kind of happy for Brashad Perriman. I mean, he caught a lot of flack in, in in Baltimore, and he did not have the start to his career that he wanted. But, look, I'm glad that he's playing well for the Browns. And, you know, I, I think he's probably earned himself a roster spot for next year, so hopefully he doesn't hurt us again. But, look, I, those, those lapses that, that occur... Uh, up the seam, and you mentioned the Jarvis Landry uh, play that where the ball bounced off of his helmet. That was up the seam as well. So, look, the Chargers have a ton of guys that can take advantage of that same spot on the field. That's got to get cleaned up, and it's got to get cleaned up quick.
1: It certainly does. And 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 to take piggyback, you know, on Brashad Perryman, you know, I I have to echo. Look, for all intents and purposes, the guy seems like he was a hard worker and a good person. So, you know, hopefully now he, he'll be able to get some a- extra job security with the Browns. Maybe get some some hair club for men, get his, <laughs> his hairline straightened out. I mean, as, as as another male pattern baldness sufferer, I never tried to go with the terrible, you know, balding dreads as he did as a rookie. But, you know, hopefully he can improve his hair situation. And uh, The other guy outside that kind of hurt the Ravens was the
0: rookie, Antonio Callaway. I mean, he had a really nice game, too.
1: Man, that guy's dangerous. He's dangerous on kicks. He's dangerous on punts. Anytime he touched the ball, I was worried. That's the connection I think that's going to be haunting us in the future most is that Baker Mayfield to Antonio Callaway. Um, That's definitely one to watch. And and, and Joku as well, I think, is going to be a player for them uh, as they move forward. I mean, it's going to be... It's going to be a team. If they're a team on the come up, they need to get some, probably some more offensive linemen, and you know, keep keep building that defense. It'll be interesting to see if they keep Greg Williams as their coach. I mean, it's been to let you in on the the uh, behind the scenes of the of the podcast. We're recording on uh, New Year's Eve and it's cut down day, or not cut down day, but you know the axe day in the NFL. So we've already had, let's see, we've got Marvin Lewis has been axed. Adam Gaze has been axed. I don't know if Van Joseph in Denver has officially been yeah, axed yet, gone. but they're, he's gone. Bowles is gone. You know, there's a lot of guys getting fired. It'll be interesting to see if the Browns decide to keep Greg Williams because certainly since he's taken over, they've played better. Um, you know, so, so we'll see, that'll be an interesting, uh, interesting, uh, thing to follow if they decide to move forward with Williams or, or try to, to get somebody else. And we can talk about this more after we finish up, uh, talking about the game, but I also have some, some questions about how we move forward with John Harbaugh. So let's just, uh, we we'll, we'll, we'll save that for after we talk about the rest of the game.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so we talked about it um, a little bit at the beginning uh, of the um, interception by Jimmy Smith, and he had a second one in the game. I, I mean, look, he was the best player on the field for the Ravens yesterday. Him and C.J. Mosley were both terrific. You know, with, with not all too much pressure on Baker Mayfield, uh, consistently at least, he was able to extend plays. I think Jimmy Smith did really well to stick uh, in coverage. Um, you know, was able to cover for a lot of the mistakes made by other guys, you know, Marlon Humphrey, Tony Jefferson, Tavon Young didn't have their best day. But look, that's the beauty of this defense. I mean, there are several really good players that you know, If some guys are off the other guys will pick up the slack. And that's exactly what happened yesterday.
1: You know, I I found it interesting that Jimmy Smith has a big game the same week that Marlon Humphrey is named team MVP. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder if that had anything to do with it. Here's the guy that's supposed to be our number one corner. He certainly paid that way. Has had an underperforming season, whether you want to call it injury or or something else. You know, I, I don't know that we're that close to the locker room to truly know for sure. But but he's had a subpar year, and now you've got the the new kid on the block who's getting all the praise. And now he's team MVP, and hey, Jimmy Smith just showed up and and balled out, and that was good to see because we want that in the playoffs. How great is it going to be if we have if we have full on Jimmy Smith and full on Marlon Humphrey at the corner in the playoffs? That is deadly. Then you can add in Brandon Carr, Tavon Young, Weddle, Jefferson, you know, Levine. You know, that's a hell of a secondary right mm-hmm. there. If you've got two lockdown number one corners, that could be pretty, pretty crucial for this playoff run.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I expect Marlon Humphrey to bounce back. I mean, he's bounced back after that Kansas City game and played really well. I think he'll be back and play well against the Chargers too. Um, Did you have anything else to mention on the defense? I mean, look, the the play by CJ Mosley at the end, what, I mean, so clutch. Yeah, that is what he is here for.
1: Agreed. I mean, both both for Smith and for Mosley, you know, I, I, I've said all year, you know, we need this defense. If they're going to truly be a Ravens defense, it needs to be a defense that steps up and performs when, you know, in crunch time, making those big plays, making turnovers, you know, whether it be big fumbles and or interceptions or big sacks or or whatever is needed to close out the ball game. And we had two huge picks from from Jimmy Smith. And we had the third final, you know, game nail-in-the-coffin ender pick from C.J. Mosley. And I'll tell you what, I think I texted you this yesterday during the game. That may have made C.J. Mosley that much more money as a free agent. Whether it's with the Ravens or whether it's with another team, he made himself so much extra more money – to seal that game and put the Ravens into the playoffs.
0: Look, I mean, what a play on the ball. I mean, like, a, uh, there's not much I can say about it. In that moment, I was, like, overjoyed. I didn't know what to say, and I was kind of just, like, screaming out loud in my apartment. I was watching the game by myself. What a moment, man. I mean, there, this that to get that interception and ice the game, that was the first – division championship in six years the first trip to the playoffs in three years man this is an exciting time to be a Ravens fan I mean this is going to be a fun fun playoff team to watch
1: it is I mean this is a team that I don't know anyone wants to play you know they've got players that you know it's an interesting interesting team because even though this is a team that okay they're built around defense in the running game, and that's how they're going to roll. They can still throw the damn football. Mm-hmm. You know, they've still got Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst. They've got John Brown. They've got Willie Steve, They've got Michael Crabtree when he can catch the ball. You know, I or isn't getting called for terrible pass <laughs> interference or, God. you know, offensive pass interference oh, yeah. plays. But, you know, they've got the ability to beat you in a lot of different ways. And I, you know... I don't know if I'm ready to feel too confident, you know, going up against say Tom Brady, but we've gone toe to toe with the chargers. We beat the chargers. We went, we've gone toe to toe with the chiefs. We could have beaten the chiefs, Mm -hmm. you know, those are the teams I'm really worried about in the playoffs right now. Quite frankly, we'll, we'll see about the Patriots. I'm not trying to write them off because the Patriots are always the Patriots, but wow. It uh, could be a deeper playoff run than I think anyone would have expected.
0: Yeah, yeah. Two more weapons that you didn't mention are Justin Tucker and Sam Cook. I mean, Tucker was perfect on yeah. the day. Sam Cook was was good. You know, gave up one big punt return to Antonio Callaway, but I mean, for for the rest of the day, Cook and Tucker were pretty much as money as you can ask for that special teams is a is a solid unit as well so look all three phases of the game we've mentioned it before getting hot at the right time i think we are hot right now heading yeah. into the card weekend so maybe now that we've talked about all that let's hand out a game ball who are you giving your game ball to
1: i'm going to give my game ball to cj mosley you know he's the leader of the defense he's what we've wanted he's showing everything that we wanted him to be when he was drafted. Not that he hasn't necessarily done it before, but he hasn't been let's face it. He's not Ray Lewis. That's the biggest knock on CJ Mosley is he's not Ray Lewis, which is ridiculous. Ray Lewis is one of the greatest linebackers, if not the greatest middle linebacker in NFL history. So he's always been in a tough road being that guy who needed to become Ray Lewis. Well, Maybe he's not Ray Lewis, but he's C.J. Mosley, and he's pretty damn good. We'll see if that means we sign him in the offseason, but we saw a little bit of Ray Lewis now emerging out of C.J. Mosley with the way he closed out that game. So C.J. Mosley, he gets my game ball for this week.
0: Yeah, that is an excellent choice. I'm going to stick on the defense. I'm going to give it to Jimmy Smith with two interceptions. One of the most clutch performances by a corner that we've seen in a long time. He and Marlon Humphrey are going to be very difficult uh, for for teams going forward, so CJ Mosley and Jimmy Smith get our game balls. Now, our pop of the week, and I think I know what you're going to go with.
1: I'm going with everyone involved in the running game. Mm -hmm. I mean, almost 300 yards on the ground, there were pops all over the place, from the offensive line to the running backs, to the tight ends, to the H-backs, whatever you want to call them, Max Williams at this point. You know, it was pretty freaking unbelievable. They get my pop of the week.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's almost too many there to to just pick one. I mean, they were dragging people, you know, running through people. The blocks were on point. I'm going to go with tight end Hayden Hurst on his 32-yard reception. You know, he caught the ball. And yes, yes. Just- bounced off of the safety the safety ended up on the ground but Hayden Hurst was able to keep his feet and get some yards after the catch so that is
1: my pop of the week before we move on to the Chargers let me just say one thing about how great it was to see Hayden Hurst make a big play you know it's become you know pretty much He's been lost in the shuffle with the emergence of Mark Andrews and how well he has played and how how much he has become a target, Not, not only early for Joe Flacco, but big time now for Lamar Jackson. So to see Hayden Hurst show up more yesterday and have that big play makes me that much more excited that we're going to see that dominating tight end combo that we're hoping for as as things move forward and getting Hayden Hurst even hot at the right time to go along with Mark Andrews. I mean, how crazy would that be if we have a rookie trifecta or really, you know, a, a quad when you think of, uh, a, a, you know, adding Gus Edwards as a running back. You know, these guys that are going to, you know, let the youth lead us. To, to glory, you know, on offense, it's pretty amazing. Add Orlando Brown
0: on that on that offensive line to that. Yeah. I mean, that's quite a core there. So, I mean, look, it, it, it'll be fun to watch. So now let's move forward to wildcard weekend, the Ravens' first trip back to the playoffs in three years, our first home playoff game since 2012. Ray Lewis' last game in Baltimore, by the way. So the Chargers come to town. They are the first team to see Lamar Jackson in this offense twice. Does that concern you?
1: It does. It does somewhat. You know, but I think I I, I think in some respects I'm not as concerned about seeing the Chargers twice. And here's why. And this is going to sound strange because leading up to the Chargers, the Chargers game before, I waxed poetic about Phillip Rivers, worried a lot about Phillip Rivers. And not that I'm not worried about Phillip Rivers but Phillip Rivers is a statue. We should be able to get to Phillip Rivers. The quarterbacks that I'm going to be most worried about against our defense are going to be the quarterbacks that can run around and make plays. The Baker Mayfields of the world, you know, the Ben Roethlisbergers, the even Tom Brady somewhat because he's he's mobile within the pocket, you know, and, and of course the Patrick Mahomes is of the world that are going to run around and make plays. So – in that sense'm I'm, I'm not quite as worried because our defense so dominated the chargers in, in that respect when we played them. so obviously we're, this is, it's, it's never easy to play a team the second time around. I'm not looking this to be looking at this game to be as low scoring as it was but I feel a little bit better especially with Jimmy Smith and Marlon Humphrey both seemingly, at the top of their game, well, obviously Marlon Humphrey didn't have a great game, but still, he's team MVP. I feel like the Ravens are in a pretty good shot here against the Chargers.
0: Yeah, no, I agree, and, and it's it's going to come to the defense again. I mean, they were on our bulletin board when we went into Los Angeles, and I think it's going to come down to that again. I mean, can that defense force philip rivers into some some tough decisions and some questionable throws like they did uh a few weeks ago the the key that i see uh as far as defending the chargers is now melvin gordon's been back for a few weeks now so he might be rounding back into form uh you know he had 10 carries for 42 yards against the against the broncos and look I mean, we can just replay the same segment that we had a few weeks ago when we saw the Chargers the first time. They have a ton of weapons on offense. They have a good running defense. They have a good good defense overall. This is not going to be an easy game at all. I mean, they're twelve and four for a reason. Maybe maybe let's just get into our predictions now. So the Ravens are favored by two and a half points uh, at home, and and you know we were kind of discussing this before we started recording that if teams are even, then, you know, the home team gets a three-point uh, kind of cushion there in, in the betting game. But now, since it's only two and a half, that means that the Chargers are slightly favored uh, overall. So, you know, what do you think about that, for the Chargers to come over to the East Coast? And maybe let's get your prediction, too.
1: Well, let's not... not uh forget that the chargers won this year coming back in arrowhead against the chiefs. So playing in a hostile environment against a good team and coming out ahead coming from behind to come out ahead is not anything that that's foreign territory for the chargers team. I think I want to still obviously believe in the Ravens. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a little bit more high scoring than the last game. I think it's going to possibly be 27-20 to the Ravens. I think it may even be a situation where the Ravens sort of have to claw back at the end and they're able to use their time of possession to run run things down and close things out in the fourth quarter to get that 27-20 win.
0: Gotcha. No, I, I like that a lot. I think the Ravens are going to win too and and – just because of a lot of the reasons that we mentioned before, I mean, Jimmy Smith playing at a high level, I I expect Marlon Humphrey to bounce back, I expect Tony Jefferson to bounce back, I mean, we've made some adjustments to the running game to add a little bit more motion from the tight ends, and, you know, I think we'll have some new looks to give the Chargers, who actually have defended us pretty well earlier this year, so... I expect some adjustments from us. I mean, obviously, the Chargers are going to make adjustments of their own, but I think we just have too many good players on defense. You mentioned uh, Phillip Rivers isn't the most mobile guy in the world, so I think we'll be able to get after him again. I think the Ravens win 23-20. to It'll be very close, uh, but they, they will cover there. So, uh, I mean, it's going to come down to the defense being able to get some stops. It's going to come down to keeping Phillip Rivers off the field. And, and forcing him into some mistakes so I mean I am so excited for this game I mean just the playoff atmosphere you know maybe we can keep that same energy from that Browns game that we just played I mean the crowd was unbelievable that's got to be the same way against the Chargers this week so I'm just looking forward to it I mean, I, I mean it's going to be a tight one I'm very nervous about it but I think the Ravens can pull this one out too
1: it's going to be an exciting game, man. The, the The fans are going to be, I'm sure, electric. The stadium is going to be loud. You know, Bruce Cunningham is going to be in full voice, yelling, <laughs> "It's third down!" So it it it's going to be it's going to be a good one next week. I think, no matter what, festivus is upon us. Hopefully, the Ravens can give us a deep playoff run and and keep things going. But. It's great to get that monkey off the back. The Ravens are back in the playoffs. Good for everyone involved in last year's team to help make it happen. The future is upon us with Lamar Jackson. I mean, 2018 has been quite a season for the Ravens. Even if the Chargers come away victorious, this season has been an overwhelming success for the Ravens in so many ways. And uh, it's been a fun one, man.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to keeping this podcast going week by week. I mean, you know, we, I have so much fun doing this uh, with you, Holly, and it's it's been a pleasure through this regular season.
1: So I've got I've got a couple of notes and, and interesting takes that that you know not to not to totally you know take us in a different situation before we sign off. But a couple situations that, that I'd like you to ruminate on, and maybe 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 the fans out there in podcast world can ruminate on this as well. Regardless of how this season ends, whether the Ravens are one and done in the playoffs, whether they come away with the trophy, there's going to be some interesting decisions that they're going to need to make moving forward. As we mentioned, forward today's Axe Day in the NFL. All these coaches are getting fired. What happens if the Ravens, even though they've come out and said, Hey, we've we've picked up John Harbaugh's uh option for next season and we're talking about a contract extension. What happens if Miami or the New York Jets come to the Ravens and offer two second round picks, a first round pick, something so whatever that enticing pick package might be for John Harbaugh, what happens? Do the Ravens take it? In the same line, do they do it? A, a similar deal somewhat to what the the Redskins and the Chiefs made last year for Alex Smith, but this time involving Joe Flacco, where maybe they trade Joe Flacco to the Jaguars and they get a pick and a player back. You know, do they somehow take a guy like Jimmy Smith who again he I believe his uh his uh guaranteed money might might be over after this season. I could be wrong there, but regardless taking a guy like Jimmy Smith, maybe you even package him with Joe Flacco and you send them both out to a team like the Jaguars for picks and maybe a malcontent like Jalen Ramsey. I mean, just, and that's, that's totally, you know, fantasy football probably, but it's going to be interesting to see what the Ravens can do. They've got some cap room. They've got players they can obviously cut, but there's going to be interest likely in some of these players before the Ravens will even need to cut them. So it's going to be really interesting to see how the Ravens continue to build this. If they play it right. And if they're able to hold some of the power here, teams are looking for quarterbacks. If they're looking for somebody, Joe Flacco would not be a terrible quarterback to have on your football team. Especially as a guy that if you're you're you need to trade for a guy that's going to start for three years while you draft a young guy. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. So anyway, even though we're all excited for the for the playoff game and, and I'm you know, we're ready for the Chargers, you know, there's gonna be some interesting things behind the scenes happening with this team all at the same time that uh that are gonna keep things uh pretty interesting up through draft time.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then the the one other aspect to all of those decisions that need to be made or is that there's gonna be a new GM at the helm yep. making these decisions. So there might be some different or new philosophy. I mean, even though Eric DaCosta has been working with Ozzie Newsom forever, he might have some ideas of his own on on which direction this franchise needs to go. So, I mean, all those things you brought up are are certainly very valid. I think it'll be very interesting to see where this team goes moving forward.
1: Yeah, it's going to be, you know, and and having Eric DaCosta running the show, as you said, who knows? Who knows what he's going to do? He may be more of a, you know, you know, Oz- Ozzie Newsom is that gunslinger on draft day trades, but for the most part, doesn't swing a lot of trades otherwise. You know, for the most part, he's more of a just kind of during the draft process, and that's just about it. Aside from from here and there, you know, the the Anquan Bolden trades of the world. But you know, who knows? Eric DaCosta may come in here and and start wheeling and dealing pretty quickly. I mean, not that come in, but take the reins and and really make this team his own. Not that that not that a time needs to really be done to it, mind you, but there are assets that could be moved that would not necessarily hurt the core of the team. So it's gonna be it, it's it's good to have those assets. I mean you think about all those times where You know, the Ravens have been the quarterback needy team. So to actually be a team with some wealth at quarterback is a a weird position to be in. And it's something if if they are indeed able to take advantage of that and get something for Joe Flacco, that would be so huge.
0: Yeah, for sure. I I mean, it's it's very intriguing, uh, all the decisions that need to be made. But, you know first things first we got a game on Sunday we got to beat the Chargers and-
1: absolutely absolutely let's get off that tangent you got to love the fact they're back in the playoffs gonna have a home game at MNT Bank Stadium crab cakes are gonna be on the broiler or in the fryer depending on how you like them <laughs> we're gonna be getting ready for football Ugh, you gotta love this time of year when you're in the playoffs all right, guys. Well, thanks everybody for listening to us this week on Crab Takes and Football. Next week, we'll have our winning playoff edition of the show. Let's go, Ravens. Go, Ravens.